So what we're going to do is, uh, the title of the message is, Why is Good Friday Good? I mean, what's good about someone that, you know, he's essentially suffocated? It's a funeral is what we're talking about. What could be good about Good Friday? I mean, do you, do you ever think about that? So we're going to talk about three reasons why you want to believe in Good Friday. If you're new to church, you're invited. You're going to hear three reasons why you want to believe in Good Friday, why you want to believe in what happened, how it's going to make your life better. And so would you join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts for this evening? Father, thank you that we're here. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to pause and uh, remember the depth of your love and your desire for a relationship with each one of us. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for what you've done and that we can remember that this evening, for undeserving us that Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross to die for the sins and to make us right with God. What a, what a staggering reality and the implications it has for us personally. So I pray that we would hear your voice afresh, resounding through the scripture. And this we ask, and everyone agreed by saying? Amen. So on the surface, Good Friday appears to be the worst day in the history of the world. Think about that. Think that God, Jesus de declared to be God, and now God is dead. Like, what could be good about God being dead? The Son of God was mocked and whipped and beaten and tortured. Like, what, what could be good about that? What could be good about the excruciating death of the Savior of the world on a Roman cross? Essentially, death by suffocation. What is good with the horrific, torturous, brutal, gruesome death of Jesus Christ that we call Good Friday? So here's my question. How do you find like any good in that, that a good man was executed? Should really be called bad news. If you think about it on the surface, all-time eternal bummer Friday, sad Friday, as awful as it could possibly get Friday. So to understand the good that about Good Friday, we have to look at, what do we have to look at? We have to look at the cross. Because it's at the cross where we begin to understand why it is Good Friday. I'm going to lead you to a number of scriptures that first begin in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And the verse describes the reason why it's Good Friday. And it says this. For God, watch, everybody looking at the screen. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. That happened on the cross, so that we, we includes everyone here, we could be made right with God through Christ. So there it is. That's what the cross does, is that it makes you right with God. We're going to talk about that here. And so he says, for God. It all begins with God. And what did God do for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him would, would not perish? And so to lead us back to God. So God himself became the lamb, the lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. Jesus became then the sacrifice that stood in our place, a sin offering, if you will, a sin bearer. So Jesus became our own sin sacrifice, the Lamb of God. He stood in our place and absorbed the wrath of God, the wrath of God unmixed with mercy. 
And this then becomes the most magnificent marvel that humanity has ever been able to realize. It was God's plan that there would be a real transfer that would happen at the cross. A transfer is that Christ would become what he was not, take on our sin, and we would become what we are not, his righteousness. And so when we receive the free gift of grace through Christ on the cross, that's what happens. It is the grandest transaction in the history of humanity. So what? So that we, the Bible says here, that we might be made right with God through Christ. So that we, watch, that we might be made right with God through Christ. So see, that's what Good Friday is all about. That's why it's good. Without Good Friday, you would never be right with God. You would be hopeless. And so how does it happen? Through faith alone, in Christ alone. The finished work on the cross, really, friends, is an absolute staggering reality of Christ's atoning death on the cross. Atoning means what he did makes you one with God, at one minute with God there. So the staggering truth of Good Friday is that Jesus was forsaken so that you would never have to be forsaken. Friends, that's good news. So what is, what is good about Good Friday? Number one, we're made right with God. There's a song that captured so well everything possible that happens about being right with God. And it says this, all the overwhelming never-ending, I would like to say, perfect love of God. And what does the love of God do? Oh, it chases me down, fights, fights for me, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. See, that's what God is like. He would leave the 99 and go after you. And so I couldn't earn it. There's nothing you could do to earn it. And I don't deserve it. But still, watch, you give yourself away. You paid it all for me. There's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, perfect love of God. See, that's what God is like. Chase you down, kick down any wall, do whatever has to be done. But that's what the love of God leaves the 99 to pursue you. That, friends, is what God is like. So the overwhelming love of God. So why is Good Friday good? Number one, it makes you right with God. Look at me with verse 14 of Colossians, I'm sorry, verse 13, Colossians chapter two. Here's the reality. Here's what God overcame to make you right with God. Watch, everybody look here. You are dead, like hopeless, no spiritual pulse, absolutely dead to God. And in that condition, look what happened. Because of your sins, and what did God do when you were dead? God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave all, not just some of, friends, all. That's why Good Friday is so good, yeah. And so watch. It doesn't say, leave that scripture out there, watch. It doesn't say, uh, when you were, you were handicapped. It doesn't say there, doesn't say there when you were, you were having like, you're having like a bad day. It doesn't say when you were, you were just awful. You, you were misguided. No, you were dead, 
hopeless there, okay? So uh, uh, you're just sinking there. You're spiritually dead here. You're flatlined spiritually. So you're absolutely insensitive to God. You're unresponsive to God. You have no way of relating and connecting with God. There's no embracing God, no treasuring God there. When you were dead, then what did God do? When you're absolutely as hopeless as hopeless can be, what does God do? Then he makes you alive. Why would he make you alive? Because he loves you. See, there's so much good about Good Friday. And so, so what is good about Good Friday? Not only that, but Jesus destroyed death, spiritual death, for everyone that would believe in him. And so he destroyed, watch, what did he destroy? You were separated from God. He destroyed separation from God, watch. You were at your best, you were like this, you were flatlined, or you had a downward trajectory, but you had no hope of an upward trajectory, and instantaneously, because of his love, he changed you from this to this, that you were alive with God. So he destroyed the inward spiritual death, the separation from God there, and in, his pla- in that place, he made you alive unto God. Well, what does that look like? Some people here, right now, you're not alive unto God. And that's the reality, you're not. But you could be, and that's why Good Friday is good. What does it look like when you're, you're made alive? You become aware of God. You become aware of his presence. He becomes real to you. Spiritual things become real. Jesus becomes real. Walking with God becomes real. Yearning, desiring, having a, a heart for him becomes real. Knowing him is something that you have a desire. So he makes you spiritually alive. So Colossians puts it this way. Then God made you alive with Christ. How? How does he do that? Watch. For he forgave some of, or what's it say? All, all of your sin there, yeah. And so what makes Good Friday good is that Christ, God in Christ forgives all of your sin. Every single one of your sin. All of our sins then are forgiven. So Jesus then at the cross, placed all, God placed all of our sin upon Christ. Every evil thought. Every evil word, every evil motive, every evil action, it's all been recorded. And so, and literally, there's, there's like, uh, the way that it's uh, talked about in Scripture, is there like a volume, a book, a volume of all your sin? Or some of us, perhaps, volumes, uh, beginning with the speaker. And so, uh, but not only is your past forgiven, but also your present, all your sins, when your posture, your attitude towards God was, hey, you just get lost, God. That was my attitude toward God. You just get lost. Like, like get out of my life and I don't need you. Don't you think about coming back. Attitudinally, we could be that way. So he forgave all of our sins, not just the little sins, like the big sins, all of them, not just the public, gross everybody out sins there, the embarrassing ones, but the hidden ones, the dark ones, the things that no one really ever sees there. And so sins that plague you, all of our sins, sins that cause you guilt, that you can live under a cloud of guilt for the rest of your life. Sins that cause you to have shame uh, and to carry that shame there. Sins that you think are unforgivable. The book of Isaiah puts it this way, a staggering indictment against us, and it says this. It says, all of us, like all of us, no one escapes this, are like sheep. Sheep that have done what? Sheep that have gone astray there, and each of us, uh, what does that look like, has turned to his own way. 
See, that's the indictment against humanity there in Isaiah, your own way. What does that mean? Could be your own way of fill in the blank, your own way of perhaps accumulation. I'll go my own way, and this is what I want my way to look like. I'm going to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. That'll be my way. Maybe another way for others might be a, a way of, uh, of becoming intoxicated in some area of your life. I just need to be with substance here, but some intoxication. For others, maybe it's a, I will go my way. Yeah, God, that's your way, but I'll go my way. Others might be a, a sexual stimulation. That might be your way. For others, I'll go my way. I'll go my way and I'll make decisions that I want to make. I don't give a rip what you think. I'll go my way. Uh, I'll go my way and, and, and I'll walk down roads that you wouldn't want me to walk down, but, but I'll go my way. So it says that all of us like sheep, they're just going our own way there. And so it's not that some of us just have rebelled. The Bible says that all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Why is Good Friday good? The Bible says in Romans 8, 5 says this, while we were yet angelic, while we were great, while we were pleasing God, while we were like doing our best, while we were yet sinners, Christ then died for the ungodly. And so watch this. While we were sinners, God intervened. While we were sinners, God took action. While we were sinners, God came after us. Watch what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, while we were trying to get our act together, while we were trying to pull it together, no. While we were absolutely imperfect people, what did Jesus do? Jesus came and Jesus died. So the church is for messed up people, big time messed up people. And so whosoever shall come. So God just chooses us and loves us. Well, you mean to tell me that there was nothing worth saving about me? I mean, didn't God see that like one day I would? No, there was absolutely nothing worth saving about the speaker this evening, as well as everyone in here in the tent and watching online and beyond. There was nothing worth saving. Yet, when I was in my sin, Christ died for me. See, the Lord saves you, uh, uh, pursues relationship with you because he loves you. He just sets his love on you. Look at Colossians 2.14, watch. This is what he did. This is why Good Friday is good. Check this out. He he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away, nailing it to the cross. Well, what is that all about? What is that all about? Another translation reads this. says, having forgiven us all of our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. There's different words for for sin, and some of the words for sin are are crossing the line. You know, sometimes you mean mean to do well, right? Like like I know a lot of you that I know that many of you mean to do well. Uh, I wake up most mornings and I mean to do well. But sometimes, you know, but there's that line. It's a, it's a thin line. It's easy to, to cross over that line. Sometimes, like, you begin to pray, and you, you have this, like, wicked thought that comes to your mind. Where did that come from? Like, you've already crossed over the line. 
And then transgressions means that like, you know where the line is. You know that that's a line. You know like you shouldn't hit that button or whatever. And so knowing the line, transgression is this. Like, yeah, God, I know the line is there, but I don't care. I'm going to cross the line anyways. And you can do that attitudinally or in, in your actions there. But that's what it's talking about here, that you cross the line and you're like, I don't give a rip what you think about it, God, but I'm going to cross the line. And so, see, uh, it's a record then. It says, watch this, watch. There's a record of our debt. Okay, a record of our debt. Then it says canceling. What does that mean to cancel? It means that this. It means that when, you're, when your fate was sealed, when the, 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 your record stood against you, condemning you, all your record of sin, think of it like your, you know, your rap sheet of sin there, the good news on Good Friday is this, that at the cross, your debt, your rap sheet of sin was canceled. Jesus put it this way on the cross. He said, it is finished. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. What is finished? God's purpose in sending me, God's plan, God's salvation, the work is done. The cross being the crowning achievement of Christ, that was finished and that Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because we paid uh, a debt we could not pay. We could never pay the debt. So Colossians 2.14, by canceling the record that is of debt that stood against us. Well, what, is it, what does it mean, canceling? It literally means in the original language, to erase. To erase what? To erase the volumes of books of sins that you've committed in your life there. And so the big volume on you, the big volume on Rod Collins there, it has been erased. It means to be canceled. It means to be wiped out. It means that your slate has been wiped clean. That's what Jesus did at the cross here. God took like the big eraser of Jesus Christ's blood and he erased every single page of your book of sin. And he made it, watch, watch. He made it like it has never been written on before. Now the book on you in Christ is like, hey, let me, let me, let me find something on, on my buddy here, Glenn Miguel, in the front row. I'm gonna find, I, I'm gonna find something on him. And I'm turning the page and, and I'm turning the page. I know there's gotta be something in there. And I, I keep wanting to find something. It's like, it's, it's all been erased. And that's how it is in your life. When you receive Christ, what he's done for you, Jesus paid it all by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. And so our brokenness, our sin, our failures, everything erased. Jesus nails it all to the cross. Friends, that's why Good Friday is so good. God nailed Jesus to a cross. Watch. God nailed Jesus to a cross that we would never have our sins nailed to us that would dog us for all of eternity. So Jesus died so that we would not have to die for our sins. What is so good about Good Friday? Good Friday is good because what we were made right with God. 
all of our sins have been forgiven. But thirdly, I want us to realize in this passage another reason why you want to believe in Good Friday. Because it says here that the devil's power also died. The devil's power also died. Now, why wouldn't you want to believe in someone that could give you a space of life that the devil's power has no, can touch you? Hebrews says it this way. The author of Hebrews said, watch. That through death, watch, this is what Jesus did. That through death, death where? Death on the cross, watch, don't miss this. He might destroy him. Who's that? The devil, who, what, who had the power of death, that is the devil, that he might destroy. The, the original language in the Greek language is katagero, which means to put him out of business. So at the cross there where the powers of darkness are like, yeah, we, we're going to win. He's going to die there. Jesus flipped the script, but he said, no, it's you that's getting put out of business. I'm taking you out of business. I'm going to destroy you there. Watch what it says in verse 15. And in this way, he, that's Jesus on the cross, what did he do? He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Okay, who's that? Satan. Watch. And he shamed them. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Another translation in the Message Bible reads, he stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross. Watch. And this is what Jesus did. Sweet and mild Jesus. And he marched them naked through the streets. See, you want to... Come on, somebody. That gives you something to shout for. I mean, like, I'm not making this up, okay? I'm not making this up. Like, like this is the Bible, Okay, uh, he marched them naked through the streets. Well, what is that talking about? Well, remember, this is written to a Roman culture, a Roman culture here, that the Roman legions, when you were hostile to them, and Ro Roman being the, Rome, the superpower of the earth at that time, uh, when, they, they, uh, uh, when someone rised against them, and they, they would conquer you. They would conquer you, and they would triumph over you. And after they won the war, watch, this is what they would do. They not only had to defeat you, but they had to crush you. And the Bible's saying, look, this is what Jesus is like. He not, over, not only is winning over the devil, but he's going to crush the devil. Like the Roman legions crush their enemy. And so when they won the war, and the enemy was thoroughly defeated, they were not only defeated... They were humiliated. Now see this in the picture of your mind here, that the legions would return to Rome, and there would be the, the pomp and the circumstance and all the regalia of the, the Roman's general. Okay, would be there uh, ahead, and there would be the emperor. And so there'd be an enormous parade there. And at that parade there, uh, where they were triumphant, and there would be the, the Rome would come out and cheering uh, the emperor and the, uh, and the soldiers. And so and there would be the plunder of the people that had been captured. And so and showing all of the Roman citizens this, look at who we've defeated. And picture this in your mind. At the end of the procession, this is historical reality. I'm not making this up. This is in the history books. There would be the, the enemy generals and they would be paraded in chains, naked, 
before the people, humiliated before the people there. And so what this is saying is this. Rome was saying, remember the people you heard so much about that terrorized you? Remember the enemy that you were so concerned that was going to invade you? Well, now look at them now. Look at, look at, look at their generals in change. Look at their generals. You know, stark naked before you, humiliated before you. And that's what the Bible is saying about Jesus with respect to the powers of darkness. He disarmed them. In the original language, you know what that means? It means that he undressed them, humiliated them, stripped them of their power, stripped them of their authority, stripped demonic powers of their power, so defeated them, Jesus rendered them, Satan, ineffective in the life of every follower. Come on, somebody. Why wouldn't you want to believe? Why wouldn't you want to follow? So Jesus took the victory they thought they'd won at the cross. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like we've won. And instead of that, Jesus destroys their demonic power and exposes them powerless then. So why do we call it Good Friday? Well, you're right with God. Because of Good Friday, you, you, can, be, you can be right with God. Because of Good Friday, like all your sin is forgiven, and thirdly, the evil one can't touch you. He's been rendered absolutely, unequivocally powerless in your life. That's why Good Friday is good. The Son of God came to give himself a sacrifice that spiritual death might die, that our record of sin might be erased. That demonic power, which is very real, friends. It's very real. And I believe that as time goes by, we're going to see greater and greater manifestations of the reality of his power in culture. We're going to see that. And so to help us grasp the fullness of this staggering reality of what Christ has done, the one that was born in Bethlehem, the one who was raised in Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Baptized in the Jordan River. Performed miracles in the desert. Wept, we talked about last week, over Jerusalem. Prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane as God's only son. The Gospel of Matthew, who is Matthew's king. In Mark's Gospel, the suffering servant. In Luke's Gospel, the great physician. In John's Gospel, the word made flesh the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the lily of the valley, the firstborn of the brethren, the bright and morning star. He's the rose of Sharon, radiant in eternal splendor. He's the prince of princes, the bright and morning star, the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords. And on Friday today, on a hill called Calvary, he died. Oh, we need to prepare ourselves by being here, and you did the right thing by being here. And so, but to personalize this, what we're gonna do is you have a card there. There's cards in the back of your seats, and I want you to fill those out. I, I, I filled this out. And so, Good Friday 
There's a couple ways you can respond, and it talks about my fears. And I wrote down one of my fears, failure. My failures, my brokenness from my past, from my mother and beyond. My sin, I'm not going to tell you, and you don't have to tell me yours, but um, you write those things down. And so, and I get it. Some people are like, you know, I, I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, you, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. Um, when you, you know, you, might, you have your doubts and all. But when the time comes that you doubt your disbelief, the, the opportunity to do this will be as good then as it is now. The opportunity will still be there. So no pressure if you're not ready. For those of you, take those cards out. I write down your fears, your failures, your brokenness, your sins, things that, uh, that dog you. Uh, and you want to write them down there. And here's why. The last thing that God wants is for you to hold on to these things as the worship team comes up. We have our fears. Uh, we have our fears, if we can be honest. We have our fears that we're afraid will be found out. We have our fears that, well, what if things never change? What if things are always going to be this way? We have our fears. God doesn't want you to live your life forever and under the weight of your fears, overwhelmed by your fears, neutralized by your fears. God can even give you power over your fears, power at the cross. And then for others, how about our failures? Failures that haunt you and dog you and shame you. And say, you, how could you, in light of what you did? And so uh, the regrets and measures of regrets there, that they, they could define you for some of us for all of your life. You have that power. That power could be broken. And others' brokenness. Our choices, our addictions, our lies, our, our selfishness, who, who we are. And so you come to the cross with, with your past there, that you don't need to keep carrying the weight of those things because on Good Friday, Jesus nailed all of that to, to the cross. At the cross, there is the power that my past can actually be past. And so the record that stands against us, accusing us, we're going to hear the sound of that nailing it to the cross. So friends, listen to me. The cross is where the blood of Christ, God's Son, cleanses us of all sin, cleanses us of our past, washes us of our past, our guilt, our shame. That which wants to define you, it has can have power over you, can be broken. The Bible puts it this way. It says, look, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions that are against us. Im immeasurable. You go east, you can't ever like begin to go west. So our sins continually being carried by Christ to the cross. And Father, as we come, we come with our, with our sins, our failures, our brokenness, 
our fears, and bringing them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.